Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hi everyone, my name is Joel C. Cordes, and I am maximum hyped for this podcast right now. It's called Basketball by Association, and I would like to tell you some basketball things. But first, let me introduce my friend, Arky Shea. Hello, Arky. Hi, I'm Arky Shea, and I'm excited that you're in the show now. And uh, I feel like that was so let's roll reverse. That hurt. That hurt. Actually, I feel like that was more of an insult to what I did to you. I was (laughs) now you know how now you know how I feel on the other side of this. I don't now that's even worse. (laughs) (laughs) You make it seem like I give you a negative feeling, Joel. You're hurting all my feelings right now. You know that, but I'll tell you this. Can I go ahead? Go ahead. Can I just can I just say from the very beginning of the podcast that I nailed it last week? I nailed the Mac McClung slam dunk thing. I nailed it from moment one. We I all said, did. We all did, brother. I, I said Mac McClung. Who exactly Mac McClung? He's going to mm-hmm. come in, uh, get his sort of two-way contract nailed down, come in at the very last minute, be a part of the 76ers because mm-hmm. he's no longer part of the G League representation, and boom, he's going to kill the contest. And you know what? I was right. So I take all your apologies now, Joel. Yeah, sorry, Mac McClung. Um, we we slandered your name, and we used you as the poster boy of why the dunk contest doesn't work. If you want to hear all that slander, go back to last week's episode um, and use the case in point that it should be everyday players, not guys on the fringe. However, we were open to the idea of celebrities or college players. Mac McClung, as a G League player, you proved us wrong. There have been a few other G League players along the way who have proved us wrong, but I mean, three fifties out of four and nailing those on the first attempt, I think is the big thing. Um, yeah. I don't know if he's in the Pantheon or not, but he's Listen, certain, I'll say this. These he's going to be in the asterisk, like honorable mention for sure. Why is that because of his skin tone? I see what you're doing, Joel. That's a racist thing to say. That, his height, racist. and the fact that he got 
three fifties. Like, let's be honest. He's, he's going to be in the honorable mention at least. Can I just say this? Uh, I don't know how much of it was because he was a white boy uh, and not being joy, not being judged by white dudes on the panel. He's also uh, short like that. Oh, plays, yeah. That plays a big, big part in it too. But I do, I do. I will just say this. I don't know if all, all of them were fifties, but I don't argue with the fact that those were legitimate great dunks to be able to sort of watch. So, you know, maybe they were 48s that turned into 50s because he was white and smaller and they didn't sort of expect that. Mm -hmm. uh, but still, I mean, heck of a performance from a dude that we were out here not expecting that. So I, I that think was at least a very great career moment for him because he's now got a shoe deal with Puma. He's yeah. uh, now hopefully got a, a way, maybe a path to be able to a fuller time NBA guy. He's at least got eyes on him. Uh, and so very cool for a guy who I think it's made like a hundred thousand dollars total in his life make playing basketball before last week. I think his confidence as well to come in and nail the first one on the first attempt. Yeah. And then that confidence continued to build. And that may have played into some of the later scores as well. Like he just showed up ready to go. The moment was too big. And not only were they great dunks, but they were unique enough. We're at this point, we talk about it all the time. We're at this point where we've kind of seen everything. And I don't think what we saw from Mac McClung was so out there that we've never seen it before, but it was a unique spin on just about everything. And yeah, like jumping the couple of guys, but then still doing the kiss off the glass and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, so, but there's stuff that's like, if you're in a big giant arena at the very top, it's not a dude jumping over a car. So it's a little mm -hmm. hard to sort of see that nuance mm -hmm. of it. Uh, but, you know, it's a TV product for me. That's really all that matters. And it it, it, and it looked really nice. And the 360-plus dunk was oh, yeah, yeah. phenomenal. I mean, that's that's Zach Levine-worthy up there. It, it, it was great. It was it great. It gives you the artistry with the first one. And then the 360-plus, that's the one the whole arena can explode for, which they mm -hmm. did, uh, mm -hmm. which is sort of really cool to see. And, of course, he's like, it's over. And you're like, yeah, it's over. There's no way. It's, you know. All right, on this uh, episode, we're going to be talking about some lesser-heralded players, guys that are on the veteran buyout. and where they're landing, what they're going to do in those spots. They can't be overlooked because now is the time of year. It's We're well past the halfway point, even though... Officially, technically... We have right like 22 games. 22 games left to go. So this is the home stretch. This is when a lot of people start tuning into the NBA and really get into it for the year. And some of these signings will be very critical. Before we do that, let's name the episode. We won't take long to do it because it's a guy fresh in our memory no it's not the mac mcclung episode that we could, we could do that um but 136 playoff games career-wise i'm gonna name off some uh some plaudits here for him but don't think too hard past last week that's your clue this is a six-time all-star four-time all nba he was uh the rookie of the year in 01 a two-time nba champ he was obviously on the 0102 rookie season and he's headed into the hall of fame oh is it dirk it's not dirk because it's a two-time nba champ oh he's a two -time NBA champ. I missed that. Yeah. Uh, two which means it can't be tony parker who no, is two three maybe even four they had four but he may you may yeah. be right maybe three uh and who, who d wade's got three Dwayne wade Dwayne wade's got three that's yeah. so that's not him and he's like an oh three guy or something i think yeah. uh becky hammond no, I can't be no. right. Um, <laughs> I'm on the right track. Uh, we lauded we lauded this guy for his ability to play both as a star and supporting star, and to kind of be the perfect yin to somebody else's yang. 
Oh, dude, that makes me feel dumb because I, I probably the one that said that last week. Pretty uh, Yandy Yang is going to be a new Hall of Famer, uh, or probably he's got to be voted mm-hmm. for. It's um, first letter, first letter of the first name. <laughs> it's Pau Gasol. Come dude, on, man. Dude, I would have gotten that. I would. You give me the first letter. <laughs> yeah, Pau Gasol. Yeah. You, you wouldn't have gotten yeah. it from his nicknames listed on Basketball Reference, which include Meal Ticket, E.T., yeah. and Kung Pao. So you wouldn't have got it from that. Those are dumb nicknames. Those are very dumb. Those Let's move on dumb. with the show. Okay. All right. Buyout market and the stretch run. Joel C. Cortez, I want you to do a little leading on this because I we were going to, but we ran out of time last week, mention mm-hmm. a couple that had just sort of happened at the time. So forgive us being a little late, but they've literally like not played since then. Like everyone gets like a full week and a half off at this point, even if you get in the all-star game, which, uh, you know, whatever kind of ruins mm-hmm. some of the experience, but, uh, Joel C. Cortez, uh, let's talk about that buyout market. And let me ask you first, who do you think is the most important in the buyout market to be brought into a team yet? Or do you think will be brought into a team? It doesn't have to be someone's already signed. Maybe someone that is about to be bought out. Negotiations are being set said right now. Either one. I think buyouts by and large have probably happened at this point. I don't foresee anybody else hitting that market. Um, mm-hmm. Just usually that's the all-star break is a great time for those things to happen. Right after the trade deadline is when teams start to look at their roster and, and they know what direction they're going to go. So buyers and sellers are kind of locked in by that point. So I think we've got everybody we're going to get. Um, the biggest one as far as impact and maybe importance, the criticality of whether they can fit. I mean, we're just going to move right to the lead. It's Russell Westbrook. I mean, going to the Clippers because we've got the same questions with the Clippers but less than what we did with the Lakers. This might be a better fit, and here's why. The Lakers, well-documented, were short on three-point shooters. Prior to the trade deadline, where, in getting rid of Russ, they brought in some help and now look like a better balanced roster, and we'll see how that plays out. The Clippers, however, have been one of the leading three-point shooting teams over the last couple seasons. They are... Less loaded with specialists now that Luke Kennard is gone, but Eric Gordon brings a lot of what Kennard did. And just about everybody else on that roster, save their two centers, Ivica Zubats and now Mason Plumley, just about every single other player on that roster not only can hit threes, but hits threes at an above average level or better. And so this idea that Russ is going to come in and probably be the sixth man and probably not be on the floor during crunch time, depending on the lineup, is perfect for Russ. You have shooters. You have some other stars. If your head is on straight and right, which has been a big question with Russ for the last couple seasons, even though he's gotten some good reviews by people that have been around him, both with the Lakers and with the Wizards, to say, look, he was giving his best honest effort to make this work. It just didn't. And he probably could have stayed with the Wizards for another year. Um, I think hopefully this process of five teams in five years has been as humbling as could possibly be for somebody with the ego of Russell Westbrook. Maybe. To the point to go, I can be successful. I just can't be successful doing everything all the time, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, but that... 
So I'm torn. I'm torn on Russell's mi- mi- mindset, right? Just for 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 mm-hmm. a brief second. Um, he gets a. I think he gets a really rough rap for not being a great teammate, for being a malcontent. The last couple of seasons, I get it more mm-hmm. so as sort of etched that uh, mentality that people have about him as opposed to what the the depth and breadth of his career has been for the most part or for the vast majority of his career. But that last couple seasons does sort of worry me just a little bit. Does that mean like he is willing to be humbled by this at this Mm -hmm. point? I don't know. Like I, I, I don't, I don't know if that is it. Maybe being a part of a team with a much better outlook right now, does change that now it doesn't have to change it for long because again like you mentioned it's only like 20 25 games before the yep. before we get to the the playoffs so very 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 short term yeah maybe may, maybe that change of scenery not much of one as far as the actual distance gone but uh that change of scenery as far as the locker room and the players around and the future that it appears that they may have that could do something i think that could from a non-basketball standpoint, I've been calling out that he probably would wind up with the Clippers ever since we started talking about Russ being bought out, which was over a you year did. ago. You did. You know, I said he he's a UCLA guy. He was so excited to come back to California. He's talked about that numerous times in his career that he wanted to do that at some point. The Lakers thing didn't work out. The Clippers were a logical favorite in being a contender, quasi-contender, whatever you want to call them, and being right across the hallway from where he is. But from that basketball stance, stance, it does work better. Um, Russ, I think, I would hope, understands that in these next 22 games, not only is he playing for his next contract, quite literally, but he's playing for his NBA career at this point. I, I think you brought up a good point. Like Russ gets mad at the media and he gets salty with coaches. That has been a well-documented thing for a while. But Russ typically is not taking it out on his teammates. And like James Harden, which you pointed out last week and we talked a little bit, James Harden gets that unfair moniker of being a selfish player, yet somehow the dude leads the league in assists or is in the top three routinely. And Russell Westbrook gets a selfish moniker because his shot selection isn't great and his shooting percentage sucks. But this is a guy who routinely dishes out close to double-digit assists. And if he can embrace that side of things on a team that you will not be able to sag off of Russell Westbrook and everybody else to pack the paint like you could with the Lakers. Because the Lakers at the beginning of this season were missing threes at a historically abysmal rate for the first like 12 (laughs) games. And they kind of righted the ship a little bit, but the problem was still the problem that it's been for the last couple of years, as we've called out. That's not the problem with the Clippers anymore. And Russ fills a need. They didn't have a pure point guard on the roster anymore. They said they did like what John Wall was bringing to the party, but they needed to move Wall's money in order to get Eric Gordon. Um, Who knows what Wall's career is going to look like. Although you talk about buyout guys, that could be somebody on the list who still lands elsewhere. Um, that would be one which would be an exception to the rule I was just talking about. Houston and John Wall are in talks. Somebody hopefully will pick him up. But Russ, as a distributor, gives him a different look. It means that Terrence Mann slash Paul George doesn't have to be the primary ball handler all the time. Bones Highland is going to be in that mix. Yeah. There's just there, there's a lot of different options now. 
And to me, I'm not worried about how Russ will play with Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. I don't think he's going to be on the floor with those two all that much. I think he becomes a driver with the the second unit. To me, the really touchy question mark here is what does this mean for Bones Highland, who you just brought in from the Denver Nuggets, who I was really surprised they gave up on like that for really not much, and they allowed Highland to walk to a rival in the Western Conference. But Highland is a bench spark plug shooting slash distributing type of guy who really plays off energy and emotion and maybe he's going to make some dumb plays at times, but you're going to live with it because he brings a lot of juice to the lineup. He shoots the ball okay. And so he and Russ probably can play together. Eric Gordon's probably in that second unit as well. Norman Powell, Nick Batum. I mean, those three guys are really good three-point shooters. So I think Russ is going to be okay. I think he's going to be okay here. Listen, Joe, uh, was it 20 years ago that he was averaging triple doubles back-to-back-to-back seasons? Or was it like four years ago, three years ago? Like everyone – and here's – he's playing a career low in minutes per game, Mm -hmm. right? He's still averaging like seven and a half assists. He's still averaging like 15 points a game. Yeah, he's he's not a good three-point shooter. Seven, eight boards. But he's never been a good three-point shooter. He's been a terrible three-point shooter. Mm -hmm. He just puts him up and ball. He's just a shooter whenever he does that, right? So I agree with you that the – the amount that he will play with with uh, with the main two uh, uh, on the roster is limited, right? He'll still get some time, and he'll probably still <laughs> he'll be playing 25, 30 minutes, something like that, a game. No, no, no big deal, no problem yeah. at all. You, you're going to need a guy like that, but he's still a great facilitator. And if he's a motivated facilitator, and he's still averaging the seven and a half, which he is now on a was on a terrible like now he's on a yeah, pretty on good a team. team that couldn't knock down open shots like him <laughs> exactly. Those numbers, these last 20, 25 games, I expect those to look closer to eight and a half, nine assists probably per game. And for me, Joel, I think there's a chance that we have, even though it's only 25 games of probably of, of redemption story, a nice little comeback for him to sort of have a spark for the end of, end of his run here. I don't know what it means going forward. Doesn't matter for me going forward. Let talking, me- about, talking about Russ is kind of like talking about Dwight Howard after he had left the Orlando Magic and things were okay in Houston, but not great. Kind of like Russ leaving OKC and going to Washington. It was okay, but there was some there were some warning signs there, and people were starting to get a little skeptical. And then things fell off, and and Dwight, you know, was a nomad around the league. But by the time he did get to the Lakers, there was a, a redemption story because he found a role, he filled a need. And he was serviceable in that role and was willing to accept it at that point. And he was never Dwight Howard again, but he was still a very valuable piece that prolonged his career. And now is cashing in playing in Taiwan. Like Russ. Oh, did you see that video of him getting getting embarrassed uh, (laughs) recently in in, in a game? Eh, eh. But but he's still cashing in. You're right. Still playing. Still right. cashing in. Yes. And still. how seriously he's taking that Taiwan trip at this point? Who knows? It's irrelevant. He's out of the NBA. Uh, but Joel, it's the biggest thing in the world. <laughs> Listen, I know you think there are other times. Uh, there may be a guy who used to be Superman, but when you're in Taiwan, you're playing with the best of the best. Uh, you're looking to see if you can get that victory uh, when Benyana uh, comeback uh, trail going. Uh, Joel, let me ask you uh, uh, some more because we spent a lot of time on Russell Westbrook, but mm-hmm. he is probably, I think you're right, probably the biggest one as far as the 
pure effect. Uh, I want to, I, I cannot get out of this podcast without we talking about a few more, yeah. including um, your man, the guy you defend all the time, uh, Mr. Disrespectful himself, Kevin Love. This is an interesting one to me. It was difficult to understand what Kevin Love really wanted, but there's some tea leaves here. Kevin Love wants to play. He had been out of the rotation in Cleveland and asked for the buyout because he he wants to continue getting minutes. He doesn't want to sit the bench. That's a little bit suspect considering how many times Kevin Love pulled himself off the floor injury-wise for the Cavaliers when they sucked. And now that they're good and he's out of the rotation, he can't find it in himself to sit and be a good teammate knowing that he could probably be super valuable for them in the playoffs when inevitably they have to call his number and he should be ready. Instead, he goes to a Miami Heat team where, yes, he will play and he will fill a need because Miami needs shooters. They need scorers. Love is going to get a chance to pad some numbers. But there is no way that the Miami Heat, under any circumstances, with or without Kevin Love, are better than the Cleveland Cavaliers or have a better shot at a title. So a ring, which Love already has, was probably not a big calling card here because there was a few other teams he could have landed on including the Philadelphia 76ers where he would have had a better shot at a ring and could have played probably a lesser role, but still a role there if he was that bummed out about Cleveland. I honestly, 22 games going into the next contract, maybe Kevin Love and or his significant other looked around and said, man, we've played in Minnesota. We've played in Cleveland. Basketball season happens during the winter in these states. I got 22 games. I can go down to Miami. I can play ball. I can spend the summer there. We can spend the summer there. It's going to be nice. Let's do this. Miami is a good organization. Uh, If things go right, we might be able to stick down there for a while at the end of our career and not have to pay any tax on the earnings. To me, that's, that's what this move looks like because there is no way that Miami is... They're a better team with Kevin Love, don't get me wrong, especially this one is presently constructed, but they're in no way suddenly a threat because he's there. He'll do some nice things, and now they probably maybe have the upside to really push somebody in a first-round series, maybe even win a first-round series if the matchup is kind uh, of yeah. wounded, yeah, but that's going really far, right? Good matchup. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's much on the main. I think that is a carcass team right now i think they're just there's only like that team might as well be coached by tom thibodeau like as far as like how much some of these some of these guys mm-hmm. are grounded just because of age and stuff it's mm-hmm. not because you know they, they might as well you know go pick up kimball walker but right, I, right I'll, I'll tell you this like a starting five of lowry hero jimmy butler kevin love and bam at is not the worst thing in the world that's a it's very not, versatile like, smart Starting five, the problem is They're the second unit. They're 400 years old. Except a bam, like, like. The, the problem is the second unit. Like, you will need Gabe Vincent, Victor Oladipo, Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, Caleb Martin, and Omer Yurtseven. Like, <laughs> you're going to need those guys to be a cohesive unit, which, weirdly enough, they were like a year ago, and then this year haven't been. And maybe it's because the heat feel like they're a, a starter short and everybody's having to play up one spot from what they're comfortable with and adding somebody like Kevin Love who is automatically going to start in Miami and can give you 26 minutes a game 28 minutes a game maybe they feel like that puts the deck where it needs to be and and suddenly they can be surprising i i don't know but 
I, I like the fit roster wise. I, like I said, I don't think this was a basketball decision for Kevin Love. All right, let me let me do the, the quick math here just just to figure it out. Okay, real quick. The oh, by the way, do you know how many start starts Kevin Love has this season so far? Zero, right? It's three. That okay? Yeah, it's three. So we have uh... old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech. Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Um, Jimmy Butler, who is what uh, 10, 12, 13, his 14th season, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, again, not not super old, but a lot of miles in that leg, and he is that's a grinder player. Yep. That, that is that is that is not a finesse guy. He's, he is a heartbeat soul of a team who has to had carry multiple teams before. Kyle Lowry is uh 13, 60, is that right? 13, 18, 19 seasons now. Kyle Lowry's 401 years old himself. Okay. And Kevin Love's been in the league since 09. By the way, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Love getting the top billing on this. How about UCLA Love yeah. on this podcast? Very good um, ones. Yeah, he's been he's been in the league since uh 08, 09. Same thing as um as, as Russell. That's what 15, 16 seasons? Seven, 17 for 17 Lowry seasons. is what I'm looking at here. Oh, for Lowry, yes. So, yeah, that's like that's I may have crazy. exaggerated. He's also not 401 years old. So okay, little okay. He's 403. He's actually older than what I mentioned. So what I'd say is for for Miami. Look, it's to me. I think I think you're 100 percent spot on on this. I think this hat. This is two reasons. This is uh, damn. It's cold everywhere we play. Uh, let's go have some fun somewhere. Uh, for what could be. Well, let me ask you that first one on the back end. Let me pin that just a second. And I think that I think you're the first thing you said about him wanting to just play. Like he just wants minutes. He wants to play. He's averaging for the first time in his career under 10 points a game right now. He's mm-hmm. just not getting the minutes. He's not getting the time to be able to sort of do and he can still produce at a pretty high level. Yeah. You know, for someone who's you he's, know, his he's age. valuable out there. Yeah. There, there's a value there for him. I think he's a guy that wants to play. Uh someone who's, you know, a, a, at least on the back nine of his career, probably the back three or four. Do you think this would be it for him? Do you think he would sign another deal? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think he's probably looking to get I know he physically can, but do you think this guy – I guess you're right. Yes, Go ahead. I, I, I do. I think he'll he'll be in Miami, show them what he can do with the hopes of sticking there for the final season or two, maybe three at most, of his career and retire with the Miami Heat. And if, he, if it doesn't work in Miami, then he's going to go for, sign a vet minimum deal with the Phoenix Suns or the or go back to uh you know California and, and play with the Clippers or the Lakers. Kevin Love is is one of those guys like DeMar DeRozan, very big into mental health. You know, he he's made his money, he's gotten his ring, 
He's gotten his all-stars. He's gotten everything that he, he you could get out of a career. Mm-hmm. And so and I, I'm I'm very much playing armchair psychologist, which is supremely <laughs> irresponsible. But the tea leaves the tea leaves are here. That it's I end of career. With, but time. I agree with them. I think you're smart with that. I think that's exactly yeah. what this sort of seems to be. I'm gonna go play golf a little bit. I'm gonna be outside. I'm gonna enjoy the weather when I'm there, and especially golf. during the off season, whatever whatever he's into. Like um, Kevin Love had the reputation. Now this goes way back. This goes to UCLA and Minnesota as a big, big, big time partier. Um, Miami is a place for that too. I I don't know, uh, but yeah, I, I think. This is not the end for Kevin Love, but I think it's the end of him playing above the Mason-Dixon line in the NBA. I think Kevin Love wanting to escape winter is the smartest storyline. In fact, their first three games out of the All-Star break uh, in Wisconsin, in North Carolina, in Philadelphia. That's how you get out of the winter, baby. That's how you get out of the winter. He'll be wearing flip-flops when he's on the court. (laughs) That's true. And hey, it's all about the state of mind, man. He's in a Miami state of mind at this point. Uh, two more I definitely want to get to, and we can sort of do shorter versions of other ones. Terrence Ross, uh, he's um, bought out by the Magic, right? The Magic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. now uh, with the Suns. Talk to me about that. Uh, you alluded to him earlier. Oh, you mentioned him uh, earlier in the broadcast. Uh, Terrence Ross to the Suns, brother. What do you think? I like it. I wish Ross would have been freed from the magic like two plus seasons ago when they <laughs> ditched Nick Vucevic and, sure. and some of the other guys, Aaron Gordon, that had been there. Um, Terrence Ross played the six man role for some awful magic teams the last couple seasons and then was slowly being phased back. What he has left in the tank is questionable if it's a major minute thing. I don't think Terrence Ross at 32 is going to be the sixth man in Phoenix, though he probably could play that, and he's going to have a lot of insulation around him. But to come off the bench as a shooter, as a guy who can still finish a play above the rim, he can put the ball on the deck. He's never been a great defender, but he's never been a totally terrible one either. And we talked about it when the Suns made the Mikhail Bridges trade for Kevin Durant, that Durant's going to take a little while to get back yet. We don't know when he comes back in these next 20, 25 games. And the Suns felt like they were a wing short because they had gotten rid of Bridges, Crowder, who had been out of the picture for a while, but then Cam Johnson was gone too. So I see Ross as analogous to what Cam Johnson was providing, which was some shot making, some length, the ability to finish a lob from Chris Paul. And Johnson was probably a better defender, but... T. Ross has been around the game for a long time at this point and knows how to play. And this is a team that's gearing up to try to make a big run into the playoffs. So I love this move. It went totally under the radar. I did not see it announced literally anywhere. And I only discovered it when I was flipping through on NBC Sports Edge through the depth charts there. And I was like, wait, Terrence Ross, what? (laughs) And I had to go back and like find one tiny little news stub that he left. And that's, again, because the magic are the magic. But this is a great move, and I, I think this is one of the better fits and one of the better needs um, of the buyout market here so far. Yeah, I um, I, I'm, I'm a little more lukewarm on this as far as for the for the Suns. Um, I think the Cam Johnson comparison is uh, is appropriate. I think it, I think it's fair. I think it's also a good goal for for Phoenix to be able to sort of, <laughs> excuse me, have to try to look for someone like that for the for the replacement. Uh, or a filler, at least, sort of part part of that place. It's hard to replace Camp Johnson. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
like I said, I, I I'm a hundred percent sure that I don't love this, but I don't hate it. It just I'd like to see a few games to see if it's going to work. I don't know if it will, but I think if anybody, at least a motivation wise, is anybody going over to the, you know it's with that Phoenix Suns team right now, they seem lock stocked and ready to go for for the, the stretch run, just because of you know people coming off of injuries at some point, God knows at this point, uh, then getting Kevin Durant, obviously, uh, to make sort of a big deal. I think Phoenix is going to be a huge contender, uh, obviously. That's not sort of uh, breaking news. Um, we'll see on Terrence Ross. We'll see. Let me ask one you about – one other, one other name I want to mention real quick because you had talked about guys that maybe are sitting on the list and will they play. We mentioned John Wall. I think somebody – probably yeah. picks up wall before the playoffs they probably should he can still give you something especially as a guy who can at least just run the offense and get other people shots and knock down the occasional shot himself i don't see kemba back in the nba at this point i don't think he gets another shot going into the playoffs one other guy kemba has got no knees like you gotta have knees he just he doesn't he doesn't give you enough consistently and is not going to be a needle mover even if he's your third string point guard maybe there's a team out there that Somebody gets hurt and they're like, we just need a vet to fill that third spot in an emergency role. And Kemba probably could fill that. Dario Saric is another one, you know, speaking of the Suns who got moved to the Oklahoma City Thunder, he'll probably get bought out, but I don't think he gets picked up. And I don't think he's in the NBA next year, unfortunately. He was a highly mm. heralded guy coming over from the or to the Philadelphia 76ers a long time ago. But that injury that sidelined him, um, you know, was it the NBA finals? He got hurt. Um, or it was the round before that when Phoenix went and then he sat out basically the rest of the year, he hasn't looked right and he hasn't looked like he can contribute on an NBA roster anymore. So he, he's out, but go ahead. You had somebody else to last four seasons. John Wall's appeared in like 70 games. Mm -hmm. Like it's ever since he signed that big contract and got hurt immediately. And that's unfortunately it's a, didn't that's he... a storyline throughout okay. NBA history that repeats over and over and over. Let uh, fudge help me out here. So okay, so real quick, John John Wall. Um, oh, uh, where was he? It's the Clippers, right? Was that where he was yep. with the Clippers? Goes to the Rockets, right? But he had called the Rockets like a tr like a like a garbage organization or something like that. And uh, okay, whatever, right? So they get it for basically like a nice little, uh, hey, goodbye, salary dumps. Mm -hmm. See you later. They'll wave them. Um, for a guy that had so much ability, it showed so much. And obviously, I would think, earned the big money. I can't think of a guy that made more money for doing less after they got that big contract in the NBA. And, not, and again, I, not all his fault. There's injuries. I mean, in, in there's recent, injuries. In there was a plan memory. to sit him out in, in Houston, right? Yeah. So like it's not all his fault, but the production, the produ the productivity level from when he got that big deal to since right after was just it's a cliff, man. It's an absolute cliff since Washington. 2017-18, he played 41 games. The following year, 32 games. He sat out the entire 1920 season, played 40 games total with the Houston Rockets in 2021, logged 34 with the Clippers here this year. And like I said, who knows where he'll he'll go? Um, yeah. There, there's there's one other guy on the market that I do want to talk about. But it oh, looks... on the market. Okay, I was just gonna real yeah. real quick mention. You can give me like three sentences max on him. Uh, maybe he's who you're gonna mention. Um, uh, Patrick Beverly. 
uh, going to uh, Chicago. Uh, defensive first kind of thing, a guy that probably Billy Donovan's going to really enjoy enjoy there. So mm-hmm. uh, three sentences or less on Patrick Beverly uh, going to Chicago and what that he, means he, for the Bulls. Yeah, he comes on the heel of the news that Lonzo Ball is out for the rest of the season, which, again, surprises no one. And there's another guy signed a big contract, <laughs> right. got hurt, and hasn't been able to come back. Um, Beverly will be helpful. Uh, Ayo Desunmu has not been able to take over the role the way that they thought. Goran Dragic is serviceable but only in minimum minutes and beverly's kind of the same way at least this season he was playable last year he looked pretty lousy with the lakers but then again who didn't look pretty lousy Mm. with the lakers so i think yeah he'll he'll be helpful in at least soaking up some minutes there taking off a little bit of pressure from desunmu and and dragic he talks that big game of i'm going to come in and help this locker room dude you're coming in with 22 games left to go you're not going to help the locker room or change the locker room whatsoever until you get a full training camp with somebody but this is another guy like russ who he's got to prove now for his next contract that he's got something left in the tank besides agitator and besides maybe helpful you know assistant coach in the locker room depending on what your organization really sees out of you i was surprised that he didn't wind up back with minnesota honestly but guaranteed that Chicago was offering more minutes and Beverly is from Chicago. So there was the draw there. Yeah. Apparently. Good chance to go home. You said there was, one, there was another name on the list that you uh, wanted to mention. Uh, yeah. Will, Will Barton, Will Barton gets bought yeah. out by the Washington wizards. wizards and that yeah. is a guy very much in the Terrence Ross column who know he's not going to be like a game changer if he arrives on your roster, but you sure would be happy to have, a gunner like Will Barton in the mix, in your pitching rotation, so to speak, um, if you can make that happen. So there's a lot of teams out there um, that could use one more scorer in the mix, a guy who can knock down some shots. The one that I think could use him the most is the one that I hope the egos could get put out of the way mutually because both were a little bit done with each other. And that's the Denver Nuggets. Like we talk about the Nuggets having a very solid starting lineup. The bench is seven deep. There's no other way around it. I know they just signed Thomas Bryant, but other than Jeff Green and, and Bruce Brown, you're you're looking at Vlatko Kansar and or Kankar and and uh hmm. who's the other guy who's um no idea. Christian Brown, the Kansas yeah. kid. You're looking at those guys to play and, and a you know a very washed up ish Smith now Reggie Jackson coming into the mix. You're asking a lot of guys to step up big time. Will Barton has been in those situations. He has had playoff power outages before where he has not shot the ball well, but he was also being asked to be a starter over the last couple seasons with the Nuggets, and now he would be like the ninth man. I would sign him in a heartbeat if I was Denver, and if not him then somebody like Dallas should be kicking the tires. Somebody like Philadelphia should be kicking the tires. Maybe even Milwaukee. Like those are teams that have an embarrassment of riches, but you are loading up to try to chase a championship. And you might not play Will Barton every night. You might not play him for 25 minutes a game like he's been used to. But to bring him in for 20 games and to have him in that rotation, I would do that in a heartbeat. I Somebody like the Knicks could use him too, but I don't think he defends well enough. And Thibodeau no, being a guy no. that is set in his ways is not going to end. We saw this with Cam Reddish when he came in from the Hawks midseason. Tibbs already has his rotation set. He already has his guys trusted. 
you look at their depth chart on NBC Sports Edge, it is the shortest depth chart of any team in the league <laughs> because Tibbs has his guys and that's it. And so Barton would be helpful there theoretically for a different coach. They could use another shooter, but it's not well, going to happen. Well, what I'm wondering is like if we, when you see the Knicks on TV, is there an empty spot on the bench that he could fill just for television purposes? Like a seat filler for the Grammys or something. That would be his role with New York. <laughs> like if you just need to fill out that bench a little bit. Oh, good. There are no seats available there. Okay, I get it. No, there's no seats in the garden. Good. Good. That's a full house completely. Yes. I mean, that should be Charles Oakley's job, right? But, I mean, Jeff Dolan being Jeff Dolan. Got the wrong owner, son. Got the wrong owner. But that's cool because the Knicks are going to be like a nice, healthy six seed. So, <laughs> I, I think that's legit. I mean, Miami gives a little bit more of a push now than we were looking at. But no! No, take New it York back. will be in that mix. Take it back. Take it back. Take it back, Joel. Take it back. No more. No, 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 Miami. Yeah, I don't want to. All right. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you two more sentences to say on this podcast, and that's it. Okay. Your Timberwolves. Are they making the playoffs? And what seed if they do? They will make the playoffs. It'll probably be as the seventh or eighth seed. They will get out of the play in. They will be a low-round team. They'll probably lose in six to Denver or Memphis the same way they did last year. It's not a disaster, but that's not what you paid for Rudy Gobert. And um, one of these days, I know we're, we're out of time, you got a hard out, but um, one of these days we should talk about the Atlanta Hawks firing Nate McMillan. So it's a good segue into yeah. next that's week when the Hawks get back on the court, but... We're kind of all done with Atlanta, aren't we? Like just briefly on Atlanta, just to say it. I didn't think it'd come this soon for Nate McMillan, um, because he saved that team essentially. Mm-hmm. Damn, just sure, signed a big extension. It just shows you that once players bail out, they're out. You you just you just don't get second chances with with players in the NBA anymore. That's just a it's just. Damn, it's just what happens. All right, Joel, that's going to do it for us. I need you to say goodbye to the good people that have been listening and watching this here podcast. Pau Gasol episode is in the books. If you want the video version, find us on YouTube. Like, share, subscribe, hit the bell, all that good stuff over there. If you want the audio-only version, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes is where you get your podcast. And we will do this again sometime soon-ish. Let's try for next week. It's a good goal. All right. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. What if you could have a career 
where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.